Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, I'm Josh Hallam and welcome back to another Just Films and That new release special. Hope you're all well. Apologies in advance if my voice is a little bit croaky. I have just had a cold. Don't worry, I'll soldier on to give you the film-related content that lots of other people doing, but for some reason you picked us and we're very, very grateful for that. Anyway, this time around I'm going to be talking you through my thoughts on Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. As with all the others, I will try and keep this as spoiler-free as possible, but if you don't want to know anything at all, make sure you listen to this after you've seen it, although I will say the film is based on real events. And um, Whilst I've got you, if you could head over to the app that you're listening to this on and give us a little rating and review, it would be massively appreciated. But listen, thanks for listening. We love you all. You're all absolutely fantastic. Okay, let's get stuck in then. So, if you don't know, the film is an adaptation of the book of the same name by David Gann, and it takes a look at the real events that occurred in Oklahoma in the 20s, post-World War One, in which the Osage tribe of Native Americans were uh, basically targeted and exploited due to the fact that they had incidentally happened to inherit loads of wealth from the oil that came from the land that they were actually displaced to. Um, before I go into my thoughts, I will just say that I know pretty much nothing about the subject matter and wider sort of historical context. So I suppose, I mean, that in itself highlights the injustice of the events, but the point I'm making is that I'll do my best to use the correct terminology. If I get anything wrong, apologies in advance. Do feel free to email me uh, and I'll put corrections out on the social media if I've got anything uh, wrong. As ever, this will be in the general structure of one of our episodes, starting with what I liked, moving on to uh, the opposite of that, I suppose. Um, Okay, so, uh, well... Overall, I thought it was good. Uh, as ever with the Scorsese film, it is incredibly well-crafted with beautiful cinematography and just generally excellent, you know, mise-en-scene and, and visually and all that sort of stuff. Of all the sort of, of all the Scorsese films that I can think of, this one comes closest uh, in my mind to Gangs of New York, uh, which is actually one of my favourites of his and I think is underrated. It's actually on my, it's on a long list of films of the podcast that I haven't got around to, to picking it yet. Uh, the film is set over a number of years, so what you do is you get to see the setting and the characters and the town slowly build up over that time and you won't necessarily notice it unless you look because the film is quite long um, which I'll come on to later you do get that real subtle um, change in costume and other stylistic things like slight tweaks in hair slight, slight tweaks in costume and you also get to see things like the building grow and the town grow and stuff like that and what it does is draws you into the world of the film and keeps you uh, visually engaged and another thing I think Scorsese does really well in both both this and other films he's done, which are sort of on a bigger scale, is you supporting characters to enrich the world of the film uh, as well. So obviously I know that is a little bit, that's down to the writing as well, but in terms of the, the whole team, the whole production team, I think what it does is it gives, by giving those supporting characters little bits to do, 
you feel like you're in a real world that existed before you watched it and will exist after you watched it. We've touched on it in the podcast before. These little bits of character development make it feel like you're looking at that richer palette um, rather than a world that was, you know, built for four or five actors to shine whilst all the other people seem like robots or empty, you know, empty vessels and stuff like that. Whilst we're on the more micro elements of the film, the real standout element for me in that sense was the music, more specifically the score. Uh, so it was actually, the, if you don't know, it's the last film of Robbie Robertson, who sadly passed away, I think this year or possibly last year. Uh, he's a bit of an unsung hero in terms of film score, so he's not as well known as a as a Hans Zimmer, a John Williams, or a, or a Danny Elfman. But he has worked with Scorsese for many many years, and he's been a big part in helping create so many brilliant different worlds. Uh, the music in this is no different. You know, it's it's really soulful, it's really bluesy. It sort of feels a little bit like it's appropriate to the setting, but with a bit of a modern twist. There's a touch of the um, I suppose there's a touch of the early Peaky Blinders about, and what I mean by that is when before Peaky Blinders became a little bit of a parody of itself, and it used a lot of more um, recent, more modern, um, more music to, to to make it feel like uh, more modern. Uh, anyway, so that was a very good way of putting it, wasn't it? Uh, all the all the way through, there's this this constant heartbeat like bass line um, that really creates this constant sense of unease and really underlines that the. the the knavish, I suppose, deeds of the main character, uh, main characters as they're trying to exploit the Osage people. Um, all of these elements work together really well to, to create a piece that I think does a pretty good job of exploring that idea of the lengths people will go to, to, you know, service themselves and gain things and the idea of, you know, the power of money to corrupt. One of the ways I think they execute that really well in this is, is the shocking way in which the Osage people are discussed as if they're property or animals or science experiments or something like that. This really, really dehumanizing for them. But the characters talk about it with such nonchalance that it dawns on you towards the end that it's, you know, it's just the absolutely atrocious things that they did to them that was that were going on. Uh, in terms of performances, there's some great performances in this. Leonardo DiCaprio is obviously the star. He's excellent in this, as he yeah, as he usually is. I've seen people saying he's a little bit cartoonish or over the top. Listen, I disagree with that. I think he does a good job of keeping it quite subtle, and rather than doing his big sort of Al Pacino-like bursts, which he, I think he does maybe once in this, maybe twice, he does a lot more in this with his posture and his face and stuff like that. It's quite a... Um, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What, you know, an unvain performance from him, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, there's some great, there's some great performing turns in it. Sorry, the great supporting turns in it as well from the likes of, um, uh, John Lithgow's in this, Brendan Fraser's in it for a little bit as well. The real standout in terms of performances for me, despite what I've said, is Lily Gladstone, who plays Molly. Now, I haven't seen her in anything before. I know she's done a bit of TV stuff, but I've not seen her do anything before. I thought she was pretty spellbinding in this. She has a lot of emotionally... Um, so a lot of lot of things happen to her. They really put her character through the ringer, and I think she nails it in every scene she's in, whether she's big or small, or even the the scene. There are scenes where she's not doing anything, and there's a there's a touch of the you know what's going on behind those eyes type performance. It's really gripped. It really gripped me and engaged me. Um, in fact, I think that the time I the, the times I was most invested in this film were when she was on screen. She's the real emotional heart of the film, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to to what she does next. Okay, in terms of what I didn't like then, listen, I'm not going to go into it too much because we're not really about that on this on this podcast. We like to be optimistic. Having said that, we also like to be balanced. So I'll start with the main issue I have, which I will not be the first to comment on. It might sound a little bit basic, but I will go into why I think that is because it's, it's a wider issue that's got sort of two issues under it. Um, it's long. My God, this film is long. It's a real bum number. Um, now, you know, I've, I've had stick before for moan about long films. And I, for me, I don't mind how long a film is if you don't notice the running time. But I did with this. And part of me wonders if actually this might have started life as a sort of TV adaptation and changed along the way when certain people became attached. It is an Apple TV thing. So maybe that's also some indication. But they, you know, they have done films as well. It's, I don't want to be as basic as saying, oh, it's too long because that's not really any sort of criticism or any sort of feedback. That just sounds like I can't be asked with, you know, to think of something to say. But I think more specifically, the issues are around the pacing and some issues with perspective, which I'll come on to, which I think come from the, from the adaptation process. So the real issue around the film... Yeah. So it's perspective. I think there's some issues with perspective for me. So I, I've read a, around the film that I believe it started from the perspective of Jesse Plemons' character, who I believe is called Tom White, who is a agent from the newly formed FBI who's investigating the case of all the um, the murdered people from the Osage tribe. Um, and then I believe this was changed, and Leonardo DiCaprio possibly lobbied for it to be changed and then wanted to play the role of Ernest, which he eventually did. So I think what happens is you have a lot of stuff in the first half of the film which is unnecessary because it's sort of building him up or it's, you know, showing him and what he's about and stuff like that, which I think, you know, you could definitely lost some of that. For me, I think I would have liked more 
around the investigation and the conviction side of it, which happens towards the end. And when it does happen, for me, it felt a little bit tacked on and a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit inconsequential almost. You know, not the actual crimes, but the it's sort of like, and then this happened in the end. Um, although there is a really good device towards the end, which if you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. But I really like the use of that. So then that other issue with the perspective, it's told from the perspective of Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio character Ernest. And it sort of seems to suggest that he didn't really know what he was doing. That he was wrapped up in the whole thing by his Machiavellian uncle, played by Robert De Niro. And that leads to a lot of unanswered questions around his intentions, his motivations, his actual feelings towards Molly, his wife, what's going on with her. Um, um, the things he does to sort of the people from the Osage tribe, her mysterious illness. It's not clear if he knew. And I think if you read around it, I think he definitely did know. But, you know, I'm not I'm not expert, expert as I say, in the, in the context. But I think for me, it's a little unclear. So that aspect is a little bit, you don't know, are you siding with DiCaprio? Is he an unreliable narrator? It's not quite sure. I think they, they needed to nail their colours to the mast. If it was me, I would prefer to have seen it told from... The point of view of Molly, his wife, played by Lily Gladstone, as, or, as I've already said, or, you know, someone else from the Osage people. Um, but listen, you know, overall, the film is exceptionally well made. It's visually, it's visually interesting. It's already stunning. Love the score. Um, I don't think for me it'll go down as one of Martin Scorsese's best films, but that's not an, it's, you know, it's still a very, very well made film. That's no insult. To say it's not one of Martin Scorsese's best films is to say, yeah, that's no insult. That's like saying it's not my favorite flavor of ice cream in the ice cream shop. Do you know what I mean? It's all sweet. It's all nice sort of thing. So it's not one of my favorites. It's still a very, very well-made film. I wouldn't be surprised if this got nominated for all sorts of awards, but we'll see. As ever, get out there, give it a watch, make up your mind, let us know your thoughts on social media or email in, and I'll see you next time. Cheerio! It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.